To Gather God section here on Faith FM, Bible study time, 20 million movement happening right here, 20 million people all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time, and you get to be a part of it. You are joining it today. I don't know how many of you are listening in this morning, but I think we are extending the 20 million movement significantly today. Ooh, what a party. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, so we've got some great passages of the Bible to get into. Let's go to, oh, before we go to our Bible study, we should do a quick reminder. We haven't done one for a while about the app. The Faith FM app. Yes. Okay, so tell me, let me tell you all about the app. The app is fantastic because with the app, you never have to worry about having a dodgy signal. So you know how you're driving in the car and suddenly, you know, you might go under some uh, power lines or you might go um, too far away from the signal. You might drive through a deep valley with, you know, mountains blocking you, whatever it might be, and you start to get that, and, and it's just at that, it always happens at that critical point. It's like, oh, what was he about to say? Or what was she about to say? <laughs> Solve the problem. You won't get that with the app. Get the app. Get the app. You've got two, two easy ways of doing it. You can put your earbuds in your ears and listen to it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very simple, through your phone. Uh, or you can simply run it through the Bluetooth in your car or the aux cord or even a, you can even run it through a CD player if you know Too how. Too easy. A, a tape player, tape player. Huh. Ever seen a tape player? Uh, yes, yes. Is you that remember those? Cassette, uh-huh, right? A cassette uh-huh, yeah, tape, yeah, yeah. tape and you right. have to wind it. Uh-huh. Well, yes. Yeah. And, and, and you can even put a pencil in it and wind yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah, See? yeah. See, Renee's on the money. She knows all this That's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> She's up on her history. <laughs> Ah, some ancient Back history right there. Golden days. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Did I mention this the other day? I think I mentioned this the other day. It did my head in. What? Last year, mm-hmm. um, uh, vinyl records, for the first time in like forever, outsold CDs. Just don't. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Those yeah, big. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Outs- um, outsold CDs. I'm not surprised. Yeah, who listens to CDs? No, but all my friends in dorms have vinyls. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. The hey. weirdest thing. Uh, my wife listens to vinyls. What is but okay. <laughs> to which it's is very cool. It's very cool. Very trendy. <laughs> All right, let's get to our Bible study. Let's go to Revelation chapter 14. We have been spending this has kind of been the basis, the theme of our Bible study this week. We are going to break down the first part of this message in a fair bit of detail this morning. Okay, so Revelation 14 and uh, uh, I want you to read for us verse 6, please, Renee. Revelation 14, verse 6. Yes. And it says, And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Okay. Let me read it to you from uh, the, uh, the King James Version here. It says, I saw another angel fly in the middle of heaven. Having the everlasting gospel. So what does the angel have? The everlasting gospel. The angel has the everlasting gospel. All right, so he has that gospel. What is he go- what's he going to do with that gospel? Having the everlasting gospel to preach. Mm. So he's going to preach the everlasting gospel. Well, who's he going to preach it to? Uh, what does yours say? It says every nation, tribe, language, and people. So every single person on the planet. So yeah. you have an angel. He has the everlasting gospel, and he's going to preach it. Mm-hmm. What's the first word of verse 7? First ver- word is fear. Ah, see, yours, mine, the first word is saying. Oh. Okay, which is, which is, which is you know, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. Yes. Okay, yours is going to get there. But I like the first word of mine because you have an angel. 
He has the everlasting gospel. He's going to preach the everlasting gospel. And then he preaches it. Yeah. Saying with a loud voice. So here comes the everlasting gospel. If you are wondering what the everlasting gospel is, the everlasting gospel is defined for you in the Bible in Revelation 14, beginning in verse 7 and ending in verse 13. That is the everlasting gospel right there. And so as a result of that, we have everlasting good news uh, that we have the opportunity to share and we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at it. All right, so here's the interesting thing. This is the everlasting gospel. Yours says the everlasting good news, same thing, because gospel simply means good news. So we've got an angel with the everlasting good news. He is going to preach it. And what's the first word of verse 7? So when he starts to preach the everlasting gospel, what's the first word that he says? Fear. Or fear. Yeah. Fear. Says the everlasting good news is all about fear. Uh, that doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound great, does no. it? <laughs> In my translation, it says the same thing, more or less. Saying with our, a loud voice, fear God. Mm. Are you scared of God, Renee? Uh, I used to be. Oh, you, really? Yeah. Because God was this scary God in the Old Testament who punished people. I never have, I've never ever been been scared of God. That's that's good. I, 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 sometimes I meet people like yourself that yeah. that have this testimony like, yeah, I used to be scared. And I'm like, yeah. I, I can't relate to that. I went through a genuine phase of just being terrified of God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. That's amazing. Yeah, it was misunderstanding scriptures. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, um, I do meet a number of people who go through a phase like that where yeah. they're where they're afraid of God. They're yeah. they're scared of God. Yeah, um, and you know they read verses like this and like, oh, we need to be afraid of God. Mm. And then mm. there's some pretty hectic uh, yeah um, parts of the everlasting gospel as exactly. it goes down through here. So please don't leave me there. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's the end of our Bible study. Think no. about it. Bible study's over, done. Let's all go home now. Uh, you've learnt your lesson. Um, don't need anything more. No, 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 please. <laughs> okay, so we need to what, look at what the Bible means mm. when it says fear. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not mean being scared and fearing are actually two different things. Okay. And we are not to be scared of God. We're not to be afraid of God. Mm. But to fear God is kind of hard in modern like modern English. Mm. Here's a modern English translation. It should have come up with a better word than that. Yeah, yeah. Modern English means it, the word fear carries a mixture of connotations uh, between honour okay. and respect. Uh-huh. And basically what it comes down to is this. It is recognising that you know, God is our close personal friend. He is our father. He even describes himself as Abba Father, which is Dad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is the ruler and creator of the entire universe. He is of infinite power and infinite love and infinite justice that is beyond anything that we can understand. And so while God is our Father and even our Dad He's not one of the fellas. Okay. We don't treat him like one of the fellas. Yeah. We treat him with honour and with respect that is due to somebody who is the ruler and creator of 
the entire universe and everything that we can see around us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, so we need to dig a little bit deeper on this concept of fearing God. We're going to look at two things here, fear God and give glory to him. So that's what it means to fear. When the Bible says fear God, it means to give honour and respect. Mm. It means that we, we, we don't just, oh, it's, okay, it's God. We don't, we, it means we don't use his name as, a, um, as an expletive yeah. or as um, a, you know, just a, a general saying, that kind of thing. So instead of being like scared, it's more of being in awe of who he is, exactly. I guess? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know how sometimes you see, you know, something that is just so amazing. Yeah. It just, you just, you were just filled with awe. Yeah. That is what the Bible is, is describing when it says fear God. Okay. So that's a really good word. I'm glad you went there. So let's think about it. Honor, respect, and awe. Uh, sometimes when I see something that is just massive, huge, yeah. enormous, yeah, you just stand there kind of with your mouth open. Well, I don't stand there with my mouth open. A fly might go into it. Um, <laughs> but you metaphorically just stand there with your mouth open like, wow. Yeah. That's exactly what it's talking about. Okay. So if we are experiencing God with awe, what kind of an effect should that have on our lives? Here's a verse to look at. Job chapter 1, verse 1. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's dig into uh, fearing God and being in awe of God. Uh, because, you know, when you think about it, we are in awe of things. Well, you know, when I think about it, the only things that I have ever been in awe of, I have liked. Hmm. They've been very positive things. Mm. And being in awe has always been a very positive experience for me. Sometimes it might be something man-made, like I cannot believe human beings built that. Yeah. More often it is something in the natural world. I have to agree. Same here. Whenever it's anything to do with the solar system, constellation, stars, oh, okay. I'm always in awe. I'm like, wow, I, that's just amazing. <laughs> you know what it is for me? What? What is it? Big trees. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> Big trees. I'm I'm definitely a tree person. I love trees. I'm yeah. a cabinet maker by trade. So I love yeah. timber. I love yeah. all of the different patterns and the and the colours and the you know um, and the figure that you can get in timber. It's just amazing to work wow. with. And of course, being out in the bush and growing up in Tasmania, where we you know have the world's tallest flowering trees. Just wow. a little bit of brag right there. Okay. Uh, we used to have the world's tallest trees, but now we just have the world's tallest flowering trees uh, <laughs> because better. we, 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 we um, kind of logged them back in the day, oh. <laughs> which is super sad. No. But, oh. um, you know, you see those massive, massive, you know, mm. swamp gums down there in Tasmania. They are just enormous. And it's just like, yeah, you stand there and, oh. That's true, yeah. You know, it just, just gives you that impression. A big waterfall, you know, a massive, massive cliff face on a mountain. Yeah. Um, these are some of the things that have just been totally awe-inspiring yes. for me. Mm. Yeah, big things. See, awe is, awe is related to big things, isn't it? Yeah, and yes. <laughs> I've never been in awe of a mouse. No, no. It's like squash it. Yeah. Sperman. No. <laughs> All right. Um, maybe not, but just leave my house. Um, yeah, yeah, big things. And God is big. Yeah. God is big. Powerful. 
Job 1 verse 1. Job 1 verse 1. There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Okay, so there's a correlation here between two things. He feared God and... Stay away from evil. The implication here is that those two things go together, doesn't it? Yeah, yep. So to fear God, to be in awe of God, means that that awe... Respect and honour inspires us. Here's a man who was inspired by God. He was inspired by his, the awe that he had for God, and as a result of that, he turned away from evil. Mm. Yeah. And so if we see how big God is, if we see how powerful God is, if we see how infinite God is, if we see how infinitely loving God is, mm. That's inspiration right there, to turn away from evil and to live a righteous life. And Job is an example of somebody who did that. I can see your your brain ticking over there, Renee. Well, I mean, if we kind of relate it to back what we were saying about like what makes you, I guess, stand in awe, and if we were saying like nature, right, big yes. things, a beautiful waterfall, a beautiful forest of tall trees, like if you're in awe of all that, you're not going to go there and, I don't know, throw rubbish all around the place or try and destroy it. You're going to, like, try and look after it and, like, say, everyone, come look at this. It's beautiful, you know. You know? Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> I remember as a kid growing up in Tasmania and, and, and back then Tasmania. Tasmania is a greeny state now. Back then it was a logging state. Mm. And uh, I remember as a kid growing up the norm when a truck came out of the bush, the norm was one log on the truck. Okay. You think about the size of a log you can put on the back of a truck. Yeah. Just one log. That's all it would fit. That was the norm. Yeah. Just awe-inspiring stuff. I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Ecclesiastes, our Bible study sends us to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. This one's an interesting verse because it links in with some of the other themes that come out in the everlasting gospel. It sort of draws a link between Job, who feared God, and turned away from evil. And uh, the theme of the first angel's message, which is about the judgment. All right, what have you got for us there? Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, 14, last two verses of Ecclesiastes. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Verse 14, God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Now, that's an interesting verse. If you read that with the modern concept of the word fear, would that be a little bit daunting for Yes, you? yeah, because, because it's with the obey his commands. It's like, be scared because if you disobey. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing that sort of jumps out to me is that, okay, we understand that God is all-powerful and God is infinite and God is everywhere and God sees everything. Yeah. And it says he's going to bring every work into judgment. Mm. Very scary thought. Okay, so that means yeah. then... You have no private life. Yeah, yeah. God knows everything that is going on. He sees everything. You could really terrorize a person with that. Yeah. If you did not understand God and you did not understand the context of this particular passage. And I think that's super important because when we understand that God is all loving and that he's going to bring every work into judgment, whether good or bad, every work that is recorded is coming into judgment. You think about that and think of the record of your life. I think the record of my life. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want God looking at the record of my life. There's too many things there that I'm not proud of. 
however, let's um, let's let's think about this a little bit further. When we come and give our lives to Jesus Christ, and we ask forgiveness for our sins. Jesus takes our sins off us and places them upon himself. And he pleads his blood in behalf of our sins. And our sins are forgotten and wiped away and done away with. So when then, then when God looks at the record of our life, of all of the works that we have done in our life, what does he see? God just sees the righteous things that Jesus did through us. So the good news here is that if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, this is a fantastic verse. Because this is a verse that's saying when Jesus, when God looks at the record of your life, he's going to see all that Jesus did through you. That's it. That's all there is. That's the whole record of your life. You know, right now I wouldn't want anyone to read the record of my life. Uh, when we get to heaven, you are welcome to read it. Because when we get to heaven... Bible says that all of those sins are going to be wiped away, gone, over and done forever. And so there is good news in this verse right here. And of course, the Bible says, you know, this is the summary of the whole thing. Keep his commandments. It's a whole duty of man. It's a very, very simple verse. I don't understand how people misinterpret that verse. Why do we keep the commandments? Because we are in awe of God. Not because we are trying to be saved, but because we are in awe of God and because we love God. That's what the Bible is saying right here, which is so important. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. We've looked at what it means to fear God. When we are in awe of God, when we are in awe of His character, when we are in awe of who He is, the implication is that it inspires us to turn away from evil and live a righteous life. Now we're going to look at what does it mean to give glory to God? So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom have you received from God? You are not your own. Verse 20, You were bought with a price, therefore honour God with your bodies. Okay. Mine says glorify God in your bodies. <laughs> The Bible also says what you whatever whatsoever you eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all to the all to the glory of God. And so when the Bible talks about fear God it's talking about righteousness by faith. It, you know that's the implication it's implying righteousness by faith. When it talks about giving glory to God giving glory to God is us sharing God's glory here on this earth. How do we share God's glory on earth? Now, when we think of glory, uh, our, our brain immediately goes to brightness, right? Yeah. So Moses, when he Something came down from the mountain. bright and sparkly. Yeah, bright and sparkly. Yes. No, that's not what it is. Oh. It's <laughs> not what it's talking about. Mm. It's talking about his character. Mm. When God said to Moses, I'm going to show you my glory, you know, you can imagine Moses like, oh, this, is, this will be amazing. I'm going to see God's glory. Yeah. And then what he does is he proclaims his character. That's let me yes. yeah. So let me show you my glory. Okay, this is who I am. This is my character. Yes. In fact, that verse is the first time that God describes His character in words. Like up yeah. until that point, they had like 
perceive God to to his actions. That's who That's God right. was. But this was God saying, this is who I am. Just in case you've misunderstood me or just in case you've forgotten who I am while you've been yeah. in Egyptian captivity, yeah. I'm going to spell it out for you. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is me. Compassion, mercy, love, faithfulness, like slow to anger. That's that's who God is. It's amazing. It is, and so because of that, you've got um, you've 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 got this you know in words description for the children of Israel. Uh, Moses does see the physical glory of God as well, but it's nothing like as important as the character glory. Mm. Okay, so if we're going to share God's glory, we can't share His physical glory because we can't be bright and shiny. Yeah, but we can. Sh- Share his character glory. How do we share his character glory? Through the way we treat others, the way we are characters, our character. Absolutely. Okay. Because that's how other people see God, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. If people want a picture of God, we can't say, um, oh, you want to meet God. Let me take you to heaven Mm. and elbow bump with God. (laughs) Um, okay, you can shake hands with God. He's not going to catch COVID. All right, but we can't do that right now because we are sinners and the people that we are introducing God to are sinners as well. Yeah. So we can't do that. There's a, there's, there's a barrier there. So how then are we going to introduce people to God? How are we going to give them a picture of God? The only way to give somebody else a picture of God is to be a picture of God to live our life like Jesus lived his life. So the Bible says, fear God and give glory to him. When we fear God, we turn away from evil. When we are in awe of God, we turn away from evil. To give glory to him is the lifestyle that we live, which is why Paul says, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I think um, Paul was, you know, quite insightful when he wrote that statement right there because he focused in on eating and drinking, which is where, as human beings, we typically begin to come unstuck. Yeah. It's where we start. Mm-hmm. Our first addictions involve around things that we put in our mouth. Yeah. And then they evolve from there. And so... This part of the everlasting gospel right here really focuses on the lifestyle that we are going to live. Begins with eating and drinking and then goes to whatsoever you do. Okay, that's not where this uh, this message finishes. Uh, the Bible says, um, why, uh, Revelation 14 verse 7, uh, Fear God, give glory to him for, because there is a reason to do that. So Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7, if you've got that one there for us, please, Renee, we'll just go through it again. Yes. It says, Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Okay. Oh, we could spend so much time on this, but we have so little time. Oh. There is, in the, the last few words of this verse, are a quote from the Old Testament. Do you know whereabouts they're quoted from in the Old Testament? The heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water in yeah. the creation. Yeah, yes, but in, it's okay. So creation talks about those, but this is actually quoting from a passage of the Old Testament. Isaiah, not, <laughs> not Isaiah. It's not. It's in Exodus chapter twenty. Oh, yes, you go in there, right? Chapter um, verse eight through eleven. Is this the Sabbath? That's the Sabbath. Oh, 
This is a quote from the Sabbath commandment right here. Where the Bible says, For in six days God made heaven, earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters. Yes. Ah. So your third angel's me- your first angel's message right there of the everlasting gospel, where does it go? Fear God. Give glory, give glory to him. And worship. The hour of his judgment has come. And worship him. How are we to worship him? It goes straight to the Sabbath. The Sabbath, yeah. Goes straight to the Sabbath. That's right amazing. Ah, oh, it is absolutely. Yeah. Which, boys, of course, that points you back to Genesis chapter two, verse one to three, where the Bible says, you know, when the heavens and the earth and everything was finished, God rested and blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it and sanctified it and set it apart for a holy use for human beings. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is now time for. Question of the day. All right, so the question is part two from yesterday, and it is, what is the importance or significance of the investigative uh, judgments if we are here on earth, we can't see it or the effects of it, and cannot watch the prophecy be fulfilled? How can we even know the interpretation of scripture regarding this is correct if it cannot be proved? Okay, so here comes part two. We might even do part three. We'll see how far we go with this one. This is a good subject. It's a big question. Uh, But yesterday we talked about the the part that we cannot see or, or prove it. Yes. And we talked about how God placed seven seals on this prophecy that were all things that you could see and prove. Because obviously it has to take place in heaven and it has to take place before Jesus comes back. Because God brings his rewards with him. And so uh, just a quick review from yesterday. uh, The seven seals that God placed on it to give it a guarantee of authenticity, which were historically verifiable events on earth where the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, uh, the completion of that on a particular date, the baptism of Jesus on a particular date, uh, the ministry of Jesus, the first part being that he brought in everlasting righteousness, Uh, The second, that he made reconciliation for iniquity, the fact of the cross, uh, and the fact of the Gentile church. All of those facts right there from history being fulfilled on time, on a specific date, exactly as the prophecy said, would seal the prophecy and give it a seal of authenticity so that you could trust what was taking place where we couldn't see it. So God did not leave us without evidence on earth. He gave us more evidence for this prophecy than any other prophecy in the Bible. It's the only prophecy that he placed a seal upon. Okay, so that was what we looked at yesterday. Today what we're going to look at is the importance and the relevance of the investigative judgment. It is taking place in heaven right now. It has been taking place since the end of the 2300-day prophecy. So what does that mean to you and I? How does it affect our day-to-day lives? So I'm going to look at two different aspects of this right now. The first is this. The fact that the investigative judgment has begun tells us that Jesus is coming soon. It's like this. Jesus gave us a whole bunch of signs of the times, signs that he was coming back soon. When you see this happening, this happening, this happening, this happening, this happening, you know that I am coming soon. So Jesus wants us to know it's important for him that we know when he's coming back soon. This is why he gave us the signs of the times. Jesus did not give us a date for his return. If he had have done, you'll know what we would have done. We would have uh, waited until the day before and then given our lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, That's human nature. So understanding human nature, he did not give us a date. 
but he does want us to know when it's going to be soon. But, you know, wars, rumours, roars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. He also knew that there would be people who say, well, those kinds of things have always happened. He then went on and clarified it would be like birth pains, labour pains. It'll be on a J-curve, and when you see it J-curving, that's the important, uh, that's the important point right there. Uh, but he went further because he also, with the 2,300-year prophecy, gave us a date so that we would know that we were living in the time of the end. So even if you didn't have any of those other signs of the times, that one prophecy alone would tell you that Jesus is coming soon. And it's kind of like Jesus has gone, okay, I can't give them the date for the second coming, but I'll give them as much as I can. I'll give them all these signs, but the ultimate one, I'm going to give them a date. The judgment has begun. It's begun right here. Therefore, the return of Jesus cannot be far off. That is what Jesus does for us. And that is what is so uh, incredibly amazing and important about this particular prophecy. We know Jesus is coming soon. Okay, that's the first one. The second one is this, and uh, the, um, looking at the importance and the relevance of the investigative judgment. When you look at the sanctuary, the sanctuary is the temple of God, which is where the judgment takes place in heaven, uh, has three parts. You have the courtyard where forgiveness of sins happens. That's where the sacrifice of the lamb takes place. Then you have the, um, the holy place which has um, the table of showbread, the, the bread of life, the word of God, which directs us to the Holy Spirit and how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the altar of incense, which is about prayer, which is about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the candlesticks, which are all about the Holy Spirit. That's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit comes into our life and changes us. But then you go into the most holy place. And the most holy place is where the judgment happens. And what is it that's in the most holy place? Is the commandments of God. All right, so can we be saved without forgiveness? Ooh, no, we can't be saved no. without forgiveness. No. You know, I mean, I understand there's the times of our ignorance God winked at and all that, but if we yeah, know, if we yeah. know that if we're, you know, and you've got people who were baptized by John into the yes. baptism of forgiveness, yeah. that's the courtyard. Hmm. But then they heard about the Holy Spirit. That's the holy place, and they were baptized again. Can you be saved without the Holy Spirit, if you know about the Holy Spirit? No. No. So when they moved from the courtyard experience to the holy place experience, they got baptized again. Mm. But then you move into the most holy place where the commandments of God are. And what does that say? Now the commandments of God are there, not that they will save us, but as an evidence of our salvation. Okay. And so then if you turn around and say, well, I know that the commandments of God are an evidence of salvation. I know that if I love God, I'll keep those commandments, but I'm not going to do them. Then that's an evidence that you don't love God enough to obey him. And so what God is doing with the investigative judgment, he's taking us on a journey. Yes, I want you to receive forgiveness. Yes, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that you're filled with the Holy Spirit... I've given you the Holy Spirit so that you can keep my law and suddenly the law becomes important and God wants to take us all the way through and this is where it becomes important to our salvation because the keeping of the commandments is evidence of our salvation and our relationship with God and that's what becomes important right down at the very end of time. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.